Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shevska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on, get in! Looking at my watch, it's noon on Friday, October 29th, and this is news that you can use from YAA. Hey, Zach, how are you today? Happy Friday, Pops. We got Halloween right around the corner. What are you going to be this year for Halloween? Um, well, I, I thought maybe I'd dress as a retired car salesman. <laughs> yeah, buddy. First one of the day. Just say it, first one of the day. Pops, yeah. it is a Friday. It means or that means one thing and one thing only. We're going to have a special guest on the show today, every Friday from here on out, Kimberly's Corner. Dad, can you uh, can can you welcome? I guess I can play the the intro, but do you want to welcome yourself, today's guest? Well, I think there should be a knock on the door, shouldn't there? Pops, I think someone's at the door. Can you let oh, him in? Oh my God! It's Kimberly Klein. Hello. Hello, Kimberly. <laughs> are are you Lizzie Borden today? Well, I am Lizzie Borden, the finance manager. Whoa. <laughs> oh, my God. If you are listening yeah. to the podcast after the fact, you just missed something. Really good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is why you should tune in live. Yeah. She's she's slicing and dicing those customers Hi, today. Guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> Lizzie Borden, the finance manager. Yeah. Hi, guys. It's so good to see you both. Yeah, like good what? to see Happy you. Friday. All right, gang. So here's what I'm thinking for today. There was an article that came out from Consumer Reports talking about, I'll read the title and then we're going to spend some time reviewing it. The title of the article was, Many Americans are overpaying for their car loans. Consumers with good credit are being put into subprime loans. And a Consumer Reports investigation found, um, and many are paying more than they can afford putting them at risk of default. I thought what we'd do, what we would do today is, let's go through bits and pieces of this article. It is long all caps lots of letters long it is it is a, a long read um a worthy read just to kind of like level set as well get your takes on some of the stories that are in here and then let's transition the conversation to doing what we do best which is just informing people on what they need to know when they head into the finance office and how they can secure the lowest or best rate uh if they are going to finance a vehicle how's that sound that's, that's okay great Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to share my screen. Let's look at a few select stories from this report or from Consumer Reports uh, article. And again, just to kind of demonstrate here, I'm going to scroll really quickly just to show you how long this is. I mean, this is yeah, a lot of energy was put into this, that's for sure. But I'm going to come back up to the top because essentially, <laughs> <laughs> essentially what Consumer Reports did was this. They got a database of 858,000 loans from 17 major auto lenders. Mm -hmm. okay? And this was primarily pulled from SEC reports. So these are big publicly traded financial institutions that put out information about their loan portfolios. This is a really small sliver. I think it's really important to level set, right? It's a really small sliver of the overall like existence of loans that are out there. Right, Pops? Right, Kimberly? Yes, um, tiny. It it's tiny. So we're looking at a small subset, but within this small subset, there's a lot of really interesting stories in here. So for example, scroll down really quickly. Well, actually, yeah, here to put it in perspective, total American auto loan debt is up to $1.42 trillion. 
Last mm-hmm. year was 1.37. The year before, 1.33. This doesn't surprise either of you, does it? No. No. Well, with the with the price of cars going up, uh, of course, the, the loan portfolio and debt's going to get larger and larger. As we get into some of the stories here, a couple other things they call out. Uh, this is directly from the article. The auto lending industry also operates in regulatory morass. What, what is morass. this? Morass. 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 Yes. Yes. Well, that has yes. to do with more. Oh, no, I don't think that's it. <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Yeah. So if it was that one, I would have been all over it. But I don't know what this one means. Um, many- uh, it, it's it's like a quagmire of different things. It's You're stuck in a morass. There's just there's. Just way too many things going on. I'll have to find morass later. Many states have confusing uh, and contradictory uh, laws. <laughs> regarding how I, how I Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> Zach's on the hunt for morass. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to move on quickly. Oh, my God. I Jesus. love Halloween. We got retired Moco here on on Twitch. Thanks for being here. Is that on the Twitch? On the Twitch. Still don't know what it is, but on the Twitch. All right, let's keep going. We're making progress here. We're getting there. All 50 states uh, in the District of Columbia have different laws and regulations. At a federal level, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has limited oversight of auto lenders. That's true, right, guys? Yes. Yes. I mean, the CF... Well... I have lots of things to say. The CFPB, <laughs> Go ahead. Been, the CFPB has been, depending on the administration, has been actively after dealerships for a very, very long time. And so n- what I'm reading is nothing new from the CFPB. Heard it all before. And they're trying their best, I think think in theory to protect consumers, but it's really hard when every single state and every different locale has different rules that govern these loans for a federal agency to try and, you know, step in. And so one of the big things before we hop into the stories, almost half, 46% of the loans in that small data set that they had uh, were underwater. That is people owed more on the car, $3,700 on average than what the vehicle is worth. You guys read that. I mean, was that surprising to either of you? Not at all. Uh, I I would have thought the percentage of people that had uh, were the proud possessors of negative equity was a, a higher percentage than that. Yeah. From from what I saw in my career. Me too. Absolutely. You got crickets from me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then they get into a section here, guys, and I'll I'll pull it back up on the screen so that everyone that's following along at home can see it as well some of the like high level takeaways from their investigation and let's react to each of these okay. credit score doesn't necessarily dictate the terms of the loan offered borrowers and borrowers excuse me in every credit score category ranging from super prime with scores of 720 and above to deep subprime with scores below 580 were given loans with aprs that ranged from zero percent to more than 25 percent i i find that hard to believe and and the reason I say that is somebody with with a subprime credit score of five eighty or below uh, isn't getting zero percent from anyone, okay. And somebody that's seven twenty and above isn't getting um, a high, typically high interest rate loans. That was one of the things that was kind of interesting in this article, and we'll get to some of the stories in a moment here. But they they profile loans of 
people that had 720 credit scores that ended up getting stuck with a 15% APR, uh, uh, you know, auto loan. It just didn't really make a lot of sense. It, you're right, Zach. It doesn't make sense. I can't make sense of credit and never have been able to make sense of credit. Um, but uh, the, what the takeaway from that bullet point to me was, yeah, you're, you're probably going to get 25% or, or a much higher interest rate if you have a 580. If you have a 720, you're going to fall in that zero to two and a half percent range. Okay. Then this next this next bullet point was interesting. Some high credit scorers get high priced loans, while on average, borrowers with low credit scores are offered the worst terms. About twenty one thousand borrowers out of the eight hundred and forty eight thousand that they had with prime and super prime credit scores, about three percent of total borrowers in the group received loans with APRs of ten percent or greater, more than double the average. For high scores in our data, let's both of you spent a long, long time in the dealerships. Does any of that does that make any sense? No, not at all. And 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 the reason it doesn't make sense is if they if they shotgun somebody's um, credit to various banks, if they if they send the credit application to a half a dozen banks. Um, they're they're not going to look for the bank that gave them eight percent and then charged the customer ten. I mean, they're just not. At least in my experience, no, um, they're not. Yeah, you, you don't you don't see that. But but what to me what this points out more than anything um, is that people need to take responsibility for their own actions. They need to know what their credit scores are. They need to know where their credit falls. Typically, your credit that you're offered on a car loan is the credit that you've earned based on your past credit history. So if you haven't, you could have a high, a 720 credit score, uh, but that could be based on having three credit cards with a $500 limit on each and you've paid them all well, but that's not auto credit. And so that type of, of credit score on, on somebody's profile isn't going to get you the best rates because you have no auto history. Yeah. And so to jump off of that, well said, Ray. Um, I don't see how somebody with, in my years of experience, I never had a customer with a 750 or an 800 score, which would be considered higher tier scores getting 10%, even if you are limited, even if whatever may happen with that said, scores aren't all that. So you might have a really high score, but be limited. That still doesn't mean you're going to get 10% though. It does, that just does not make any sense to me. Now, there's always going to be that markup option. Uh, a finance manager could use this well, Mr. Customer, you have limited credit. Therefore, instead of getting the 0% that your score qualifies you for, because you're limited because it's a picture, not just a score. It's a credit picture. Um, it's going to be 3% or 4% instead. That could be something a finance manager would say. But if you've got a 750 score, you're not going to be paying 10%. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. So this is what I thought was interesting about the article is they actually they profile individuals. So here we go. 
let's let's break this down. Take for example in 2019 when GM's lending arm financed 73-month loans for two consumers, both living in California, both buying 2017 Chevrolet Trax SUVs valued at around $12,000. Neither borrower had a co-borrower or received financial incentives. They both earned between $5,000 and $5,500 per month. Each financed about $18,000 in total in the transaction, and both had prime credit scores ranging from 660 to 719. Well, but one of the, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, first of all, a 660 is not a prime credit score. Okay. And, and the second thing, if I may, if, if these vehicles were valued at $12,000 and they're financing $18,000, well, then that shows that either there was negative equity from a previous vehicle that got rolled into it, or there was no cash participation from the customer, because how could you possibly be, be financing 50% more of the value of the vehicle? So exactly. that's going to impact rates. We don't know enough about this picture, you guys. We exactly. Don't know that 660 score could be just the score and everything surrounding it could be bad. For example, maybe that 660 score owes on utilities. That's not good. Now that 660 is a bad looking 660, not a good 660. Another bad one would be maybe they had a repossession many years earlier and it's still on there and they haven't reestablished auto loans since what I'm saying is there are so many things around so many that factors. 660. Yeah. And the negative equity going into it. The, there's People don't understand there's a structure here to a loan, not just a score, but structure. And, and, and you know, just because you're a, six, a 660, looking, looking more deeply at their credit history, um, they might have been maybe three times 30 days late on their current car loan. Well, that's going to impact your rates going into your next car loans. So um, let's let let's let's finish paint this picture though, and then let's keep diving in. I just want to make okay. it clear to everyone because yeah. not everyone's seeing the screen. So so yeah. one of the borrowers got a loan with an APR of four point nine percent and a okay. monthly payment of two hundred and eighty three dollars, while yes. the other's loan a month later had an APR of fourteen point one percent and three hundred and eighty three dollars. Mm -hmm. The life of the loan, the first borrower will pay almost twenty eight thousand dollars, roughly one third more than the other borrower who will pay less than twenty one thousand. GM declined to comment. I want to cue both of you up here because I think you're doing a great public service which is a lot of people don't have the expertise that both of you do, which is the nuance that could be affecting this. They're going to read this Consumer Reports article and they're going to say, bad yes. dealers, bad finance people, bad banks, when in reality, you're both painting a much better picture here. There's negative equity. There's other factors beyond just credit score. I wonder how much even just a month between the loans being processed could have to do with this as well. So sorry to interject, but again, there's the the full picture here of this profile that they're providing is mm -hmm. that the same people got you know drastically yeah. different credits uh, uh, APRs. If, if I may, if I if I can if I can paint the picture in a way that most people might be able to see it, let's say this is a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, okay, and and Consumer Reports is looking at four 
of those thousand pieces. And they're not looking at the other 996 pieces that help to make up how a bank determines what rate you're going to qualify for. So you can't just say one was a 719 and one was a 660. That doesn't mean they're, they're equal in how a bank is going to look at it because there's, you don't have all the information to know why GM's finance arm would look at one customer at 14% and the other at 4.9. They're drawing conclusions without having all the information. They are. They're painting a narrative. They're painting a picture to put out there. What? Here's what how I would fix this. I would recommend that some staff of the CFPB and Consumer Reports go and shadow a finance manager for a week. And watch that finance manager, watch the sales manager as well. Put these things together. Put the structure together. Go see for yourself. Go shadow why one person, you know, who has a 620 gets this and this person gets that. Um, then you would have a much clearer picture to present to people so that they can, yeah, understand. And, and Zach, I don't think either Kimberly or I are saying that there aren't some dealerships out there that, right. that take advantage of people. There are. Yeah. Okay. And, and neither one of us is saying that dealerships aren't looking to make back end F and I product a uh, profit. Exactly. And, and neither one of us is saying that, that the F and I departments might not be marking up the rate that, that the, uh, the customer could have gotten had, had they had the opportunity to go directly to their bank. Um, but what the picture that consumer reports is painting, it just, it, it doesn't have enough data. It, it, it doesn't have enough of the pieces so that we can have a clear understanding as to why there's those differences. So why don't we do this? Because, I don't want to pick a fight with Consumer Reports. I also don't want to pick a fight with... Uh, oh, hell, I subscribe to Consumer Reports. So. There you go. So so let's do what we do best, which is educate and inform. We have an article back on the YAA website, and I'm hoping that we can talk through this here for the next 15 minutes or so. The steps you can actually take to get a low interest rate on a car loan, right? So right. If, if, if you're going to be that person who... For whatever reason, you think you don't deserve it, but you're getting stuck with a 14% auto loan. What steps can you actually take to try and you know remediate that and also make sure that you are getting the best possible rate? We have this back on the website. Guys, I want to talk it through with each of you. Kimberly, you first. How can you get the best auto loan possible? Here's where I would start. First and foremost, know your credit. How do you do that? There are so many different resources online today free and paid. Don't get stuck on FICO this or FICO that or what, you know, platform they're using. Just know your credit. Are your bills paid? What does your score look like? What does that picture look like? Now, what I would do is start doing a little internet sleuthing, pull up credit unions in your area or in your state so that you have a feel um, and a pulse for what interest rates are out there. Because many credit unions will publish their interest rates on their website. So that's how you do that. Now that you know your credit, you know what the interest rates are for auto loans out there at credit unions. Now you're armed right away. Go into the dealership and feel confident and then see what they have. See what they can do and use your terms. Buy rate. Y'all know what buy rate is. 
and, 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 and also, um, the, get, get pre-approved. Before you even go into a dealership, go talk to your local bank. Go talk to your credit union. Let them know what you're thinking of doing and get pre-approved for a car loan so that you have, you have an idea as to what the rate's going to be that, that either the credit union's going to charge you or your local bank's going to charge you. And, and that way, you're in a position to be able to negotiate with the dealership yes. what the rate's going to be on the loan that they're trying to get for you. Uh, it, but so much of it, it's, it's not, it's not the dealership's responsibility to look after you. It's your responsibility to look I, after I, yourself. I'm going to, I'm going to, you can push back all you want. No, Go no, ahead. No, no, no. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I think just between you, me, Kimberly, and the couple hundred people here with us, I don't think that's the right tone to set. Like, we all we're not kids here. Like we all recognize it's not the dealerships, but this is a, a highly episodic purchase. It's not like we do this every day, right? And so many people don't know this information. And so I just I'm waving the flag to say, like, don't make us feel bad for not knowing this. Like No, but but what we're trying to tell you to learn the information before you go in. It's your responsibility to do that. You're doing the tough love, and I want the sweet love. I want. Well, I can't. I'm. I'm sorry. I can't give you sweet love on this one. I just can't. Here's some love for you, Zach. (laughs) You want some love? Here's some love. You know, at, at a certain point, people have to accept responsibility for their own actions. But let's let's can we touch on? One thing, Pops. Yes. More and more dealerships are hitting people right now, today, in 2021, and likely in 2022, with, you don't want to finance through us? I'm not going to sell you the car. So can you touch on that, Kimberly and Pops? Like, how the heck do I address that? Because I'd be intimidated. I'd be scared if the dealership said that to me. Yeah, and and I'm insane about that. That just really sets me off the deep end. And right now, I've been reading some reports where Texas is beginning to start uh, taking action. And boy, I can't wait. I can't wait. This is so, there's so many levels of wrong here. So far, however, what I'm hearing from legislation in Texas is that dealerships do have the right to say, oh, if you don't finance with us, if you, we don't let you bring in a check from the credit union. You can't finance outside of us. Um, So far, they're allowed to do that. I hope that it's not for long. I think if you want to purchase a car, everyone should have the same opportunity to purchase that vehicle and get the money from where they want to get it, what is beneficial for them. What should they do after the fact to, to get out of that loan? Um, or how should I approach that? Should I take the deal and then refinance it? Can you kind of coach us through that, Kimberly? Yes, I absolutely can. And this has happened many times. I want to give you a scenario. Somebody comes into my office. They've got horrid credit. And what I call a gift from the lending gods is simply me as a finance manager being able to work and work with relationships with certain banks, subprime banks, to get that loan done for that person so that they can have the car. There's no rate markup. But guess what? It's not pretty. It's a 16% interest rate because your credit is so horrible. I can't mark anything up here. So I'm making a goose egg on this. And it's not pretty. My recommendation is if you want the vehicle, you need it, get your foot in the door, make eight payments, eight to 12 on time, clean up your credit, go refinance it with a credit union as soon as you possibly can. 
And if you don't have bad or no credit and you just have that deal in front of you and they're saying, hey, you need to do it. We've got this question from Ryan Bell in the chat. Should we sign up with the terrible rate just to refinance later? You, you need to make sure that there's no prepayment penalty on the yes. loan. And I don't know. I don't know what the state regulations are in Texas where this has been a huge problem. But my suspicion is that that there probably is no prepayment penalty on the loan. OK, and if there isn't, then, yes, go ahead, sign up for the terrible rate and refinance immediately. And by immediately, I would say seven to 10 days so that you can give the bank that 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 they signed you up through time to process the loan and get it on their books so that you can then pay it off. Um but yeah, go to your credit union, go to your local bank, refinance, pay off the high interest rate loan right away. And and to a certain extent, you've beat the dealer at their own game. But here, here's the thing, too. Um, to the person that doesn't have the great credit, to the person that's having to eat that high interest rate, um, use this as a way to clean your credit up. A stepping Take stone. Stepping stone. Yes. Yes, Ray. Stepping stone. Your interest rate is ugly. It's it's horrible. Do it. Clean your credit up. Don't just take this high interest rate and then forget to make a payment and then think you're going to be able to refinance it at a credit union. It's not going to happen. You need to make your payments on time. Everything outside of it that created that horrible credit to begin with in the first, you know, in the first place. Clean that up too. And listen, I am not against anybody that doesn't have great credit. I think that most Americans have been through rough patches in their credit in their lifetime, more than once, more than twice, sometimes more than three times. It happens. But know how to clean that up. So I'm going to play it back to you guys. So this is the real world practical uh, kind of takeaways that I've had from both of you. One is Everything you read on the internet, grain of salt, right? There's there's only so much depth of, of expertise that one voice has, and it's kind of incumbent upon us, each of us as individuals and as consumers to be our own advocate, to listen to many different voices and learn in our own way. I.e., what I'm saying here is don't just trust YAA. Don't just trust Consumer Reports. Don't just trust Dave Ramsey. Don't just trust whoever the heck it is. Right. Hear lots of voices. Make your own decision. That's one takeaway from both of you guys this morning. Second, and maybe a bit more less philosophical and more tangible is if I'm going to go buy a car right now, whether it's a new car or a used car, I'm going to walk into a dealership with my own financing already lined up. I'm not going to have just their option as my only option. That's takeaway number two. Takeaway number three that I'm hearing is if I'm in a situation, which we're hearing more and more often from YAA community members, where the dealership says, you want to buy the car, well, you have to finance through me. Until every state passes their own legislation that makes that illegal, which between the three of us, we think it should be. Until then, take the financing, refinance immediately if you're able to, immediately defined as seven to 10 days. If you have poor credit, take the opportunity to actually pay off that loan over the next six, eight, 12 months, and then refinance. And to refinance, Honestly, we should probably make some videos about that. But to refinance, go to your credit union, go to your local bank. They'll want to take the loan. They make money just having that loan on their books. And if I may, Zach, um, just a reminder of what the banks look for. It's ability, stability, and willingness. The ability. Do you have the ability to pay back the loan? 
So what type of job do you have? How does it pay you? How long have you been in that industry? That's the ability, stability. Where do you live? How long have you lived there? How long have you been in that industry? Um, are, are you moving around a lot? Have you had three jobs in the last 18 months? Or have, or have you had one job for the last 10 years? That indicates stability and willingness, especially for people who have had bad credit in the past, is how you handle your present and past credit obligations. So if you've paid well, that shows a willingness to continue to do that in the future. If you've paid poorly, that's a red flag to lending institutions. So if you're someone with bad credit, take the next 8 to 10, 12 months to make all your payments on all your structured debt in a timely fashion. Pay ahead a little bit if you can. That is what shows that you now have the ability and the desire moving forward to maintain your credit. Beautiful. Here, here. And imagine what the difference between a 15% loan and refinancing down to, say, 7 or 8% does. Well, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and what we saw in that example on the tracks, yeah, there was a $100 a month difference in yeah. the payment for financing the same amount because one was at 4.9 and one was at 14%. So you, you can see that, that there's a significance to having good credit. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, my gears are spinning about trading some different calculators and widgets and things like that to help people be more informed as they go through this process. I want to toss one question that I saw in the chat here at both of you and primarily you, Miss Kimberly Klein, since we have you on Friday for Kimberly's Corner from Ryan Bell again. Any other products that make sense to cancel afterwards, add on warranties or other products? Uh, that makes sense to cancel afterwards, meaning you didn't want them in the first place. And I think that's like a uh, to, to piggyback off that comment and then ask the question. We're seeing, Ryan, a lot of deals that come through with something that boils Miss Kimberly Klein's blood, which is products that are added on before you're even in the F&I office. We have a separate video where she provides uh, Kimberly provides some some ideas for how you can negotiate that. But I think the general answer, the question is, yes, like yes. there are these products on here. Should I cancel them afterwards? Yeah, you, you can certainly cancel them afterwards. And we also have a video on how to do that, too. You want to stay in good connection with the accounting department at the dealership. We know finance managers will sit on any cancellations. So, yes, you can cancel your tire and wheel plan. You can cancel your key care. You can cancel your gap coverage if you want to. Um, so yeah, I'm finding it right here actually. So give me one second. I'll try and make sure there's not too much noise. Sorry. Um, I just found the video on my end, Ryan. So I'm going to toss this in the chat. Uh, this is from last week, Kimberly's corner. It's a great video on how you can approach um, that negotiation process at the dealership. And then we also have follow on videos about how to cancel these products. And Kimberly and I had a moment earlier this week. We bought cancelmyextendedwarranty.com. So we haven't done anything with it yet. But we bought the domain name and we're we planning. We're thinking about ways that we can like create. Yeah. So back on joinyaa.com, we have email templates when you contact a car dealership. We're thinking of like putting together email templates for telling the dealership you want to cancel your extended warranty. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I think it's it's awesome, Zach. I'm I'm so excited about that. It didn't just happen, didn't it? We were just talking about it. And we're like, it was like hey, Tuesday, yeah. I wonder if this is available. But yeah, read the contracts, you guys. Um, there will always be a section on your product contract called cancellations. There have been some etch products that they don't allow you to cancel. Um, for the most part, I would say ninety percent of all products are cancelable. So contract. that's just another reason to read the product contract. contract. Well, guys, another Friday, another Kimberly's Corner. I'm putting it in the chat. If you can, leave us a review on the podcast. We appreciate everyone that tunes Thank in you. on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and on all those other places. We really, really appreciate it. And, guys, this has been incredibly informative, so I appreciate both of you doing it. And I know we've got Deal School 2.0 that we're working on for later next month that will be coming out. We also have some really fun stuff that we're working on behind the scenes with our vehicle listings. You'll be able to search for inventory on YAA's website, and you'll even get some pointers and tips from these two on the screen while you're doing it. So I can't wait to see that come out and really appreciate you guys taking the time on a Friday to do this. My yeah. pleasure. And happy Halloween, everybody. I've got things to do. Yes, so. she does. Yeah. I'll see you later. <laughs> Thanks guys. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See you soon.